On today's pod, we have Valeria interviewing returning members of the pod, Brian and Stephen, on their experiences during an online semester. They touch on their tools and strategies for navigating work-life balance, the shared responsibility of professors and students to be accountable and compassionate, approaching challenges with curiosity over fear, and what they're proud of coming out of this semester. So please lean in and enjoy this conversation with Valeria, Brian, and Stephen. Hello, welcome back to the pod. Today we're with two people who have been here multiple times. Uh, Stephen, I think this is maybe your fourth time. And then everybody, of course, knows Brian. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves, that would be great. Yeah, sure. What's up, everyone? My name's Steven. Hopefully, I'm acquainted with a lot of people here. Uh, I love making friends. And thank you for everyone for reaching out, uh, saying what's up. Uh, I'm a second year biomedical sciences co-op student now. And yeah, I'm really excited to get this started. Yeah. I mean, you've been on here a couple of times because honestly, I feel like you like to talk, but I also like to listen to you talk. So it I works out. So much. So thank you for it. I always thought it was really annoying about that, but thank you. I'm glad to no. I'm glad to know someone likes it. No, I, I talk a lot, but I like meeting other people who also do the same thing. So then I can listen for once, or else I feel like I'm being overbearing, and that's no fun. Uh, Brian, would you like to give yourself an introduction as well? Yeah, uh, it's awesome to be back on the uh, on the pod. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm an associate professor at Ryerson, been here, it's actually going to, in August of this year, it will be 10 years. So uh, since you all have me on LinkedIn now, it seems, <laughs> then you'll know, you'll get that announcement sometime in August. Anyway, yeah, no, it's uh, great to be back. Uh, I haven't had a made enough time for the pod, obviously, and, and thank you for taking the leadership role. And thank you, Stephen, for adding all the content. And I have been listening. I take the pod out all the time when I go for a walk. So this is uh, very cool. Oh, that's cool to hear. That's cool to hear, but also slightly concerning, just because I don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. a little bit. Uh, can we edit some of the old pods then? Or like, no. Yeah, I'll look into it. All right. <laughs> so uh, what I wanted this podcast to be about mainly was last semester, which was online, and how you guys feel about it in hindsight. So to kick things off, I want to ask how your experience was in one word, if you could, <laughs> take oh. your time. I'm usually good at improvising, but you know what, improvise. I think that's the, I think that's the word for me, improvise actually. Yeah, improvise. Okay, Brian? That's a, that's a good word, I like that word. I, I'm gonna say reactionary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I felt like, I thing? felt like, no, 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 not like in a reactionary, but just I felt like I was always having to react to something. You know, I didn't, you know, the fight or flight mechanism, right? Like I always felt like I was, I didn't get time to be creative. I had to be reactionary. I just had to keep, you know, addressing, putting out fires. Yeah, just roll with the punches, basically. Yeah, and take them. <laughs> like, you don't get to dish them out at all. Like, literally, you just take them. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I mean, what else can you do? Like, you already got hit, so you just got to keep going. You took um, them pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, for anybody who is listening, Stephen was in Brian's organic chemistry class last semester, and then I was also the SLG leader for that class. So it's, it's kind of a nice little full circle moment, almost, I feel like. Next thing I wanted to ask you guys was, what's keeping you sane? Just <laughs> plain and simple, what is keeping you sane right now? Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I can start off with this because uh, I think it's two things, two main things. First one is friends, 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 people, strangers, or any any interactions. Like um, it was really, it was super easy to feel like really secluded. Um, obviously during these like environments and stuff, but then um, just having like a ten minute talk or like ten minute just like whatever with friends was really nice, just to be able to get at least two dimensions out of like friend-to-friend -friend interactions and stuff um but i think that's pretty self-explanatory why i found that important but i think another one is reevaluating your goals and dreams 
And that sounds like super like like high school valedictorian cliche kind of thing. But like I was able to really reevaluate like what my goals are and stuff. Cause at first everyone's like, oh, I want to go to med school, I want to go to dental school or professional school or whatever. But then um when time goes really slow at home, you start to think about a lot more things. And I'm number one overthinker here. So um being able to kind of map things out more directly and kind of like really sit yourself down be like hey this is actually what i want to do and i think was, this was a nice time to kind of that and that actually that kept me really sane because like hey maybe i'm not that far behind or maybe hey um, i should look at this instead yeah i, I don't think you're behind in any regard <laughs> don't worry uh, you're only you're not <laughs> even in your 20s yet and i only just turned 20 and i feel like a child still sometimes so i don't think i think we have a lot of time I, I'm not too worried about that, but I get what you mean about. Brian's definitely smiling at the fact. Yeah, that I, 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 mean, literally, I, I, I literally. It's not an insult to you. It's just, it's just true. We are, like, I don't know. I just don't feel like I've had enough experience to to reflect to have an exact idea of what I want to do. Like exactly, I still know I want to go into some form of medicine, but there's so many different kinds. And that's a whole other ballpark to choose. And I get what Steven means about having all this time to think about what you really want. It's it's eye-opening, to say the least. Brian, what do you think yeah, is keeping I mean, you I, to come back to the original question? Yeah, I, so one thing I'd say is, you know, one thing that I'm very fortunate of, and maybe we all are on this call, is that we have enormous privilege relative to maybe people who aren't having it so good. And I, I remember when we first started this podcast, Everybody was like, oh, yeah, the pandemic's not so it was tough in the beginning, but it's not so bad now. Right. Um, and I think that's one thing I'm really fortunate for that I can I can be sane because I do have a pretty good stability in my back pocket. Right. I've got a, a wonderful partner. We don't actually cross paths very often in the daytime, which is nice uh, because we can talk about our days then, even though we're only separated by a floor. Um, you know, a lot of my colleagues have small children run around the house and it's very difficult for them and I don't have that either. So I guess I don't have the same pressures that a lot of people would have, but I was just thinking that, you know, keeping this, keeping busy is an easy way to stay sane, no matter what the situation is, right? I mean, it could be loss of a family member. You just sink yourself into work and time heals all wounds uh, or pandemics pass you by. <laughs> the, and I think uh, I like that idea of self-reflection because I've been doing a lot of it too. Uh, dreaming, whether you daydream or not. And I, I was thinking just as, as you guys were just talking, I was like, man, what would it be like if I had to go at that age, the age that you're at now through a pandemic? Because you're right, I have more to reflect upon. So I can actually say, okay, well, charting a new course for the future, what does that look like based on everything that I have you know, at my back? And you have a much shorter experience at your back. So I can see that being... Um, equally confusing like as you're as you're as you're you know self-reflecting you're like do, do dreams creep into the self-reflection because at the end of the day those things can sometimes mix and 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 mash so yeah i think i think you know we were talking about it just before we started that you know i'm trying to do things in nature and make you know because i don't have the same requirements to be at a certain spot at a certain time in a certain postal code right so uh you know we're, i'm gonna make some maple syrup and i've never done that as an adult and i so i'm gonna do things that i think I, I would never have had the time to before. So I think that also keeps me sane. I think it's worth mentioning that I couldn't imagine myself being a professional trying to go through these times and stuff. Cause like, um, it's, it's only even that like, we have to go, try to develop our professional field uh, during the whole pandemic, but then you still have to go through like, I mean, you probably had a big change in your lab, your research and like your just whole life um, when we went online and stuff, right? So. Yeah, I mean, that part for sure is different. Um, but, you know, those other than putting, you know, students life on hold, which sucks for them. So sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but if you're listening, uh, but yeah, that's it's it, that's the worst part is that the people can't be as productive as they would like to be, even even if they're willing to put in the effort just because of restrictions. So, yeah, that sucks for them, too. Um, but but at, at the end of the day, my life like i'm an associate professor so i have tenure so I, like all these things are like a water off a duck's back so i don't have to worry about my job security or anything like that as long as i you know make an effort so it's it's so i it is a little bit different i think in that regard so I'm, i am quite privileged i'm fortunate mm -hmm. all of us definitely like have that privilege and are benefiting from it because even i like i'm just at home but i 
have my own room. Like that's already a thing. I have siblings, which is really nice because uh, they're younger than me, but they're also very entertaining because I don't really fight with them. I used to when I was younger, but now I kinda, <laughs> I don't much anymore. And so I just watch them fight with each other and laugh at them as <laughs> like, cynical as that sounds. I can't really stop them. Like, And if I try to get involved in it, then they're just going to get mad at me. So I just let them deal with whatever they have to. And I just laugh because it's kind of funny. Like it, it is just kind of funny. Um, yeah. But also I don't have to worry too much about where I'm going to live, like anything like that, just because I live with my parents. It was very easy for me to just work in my room, live with my parents and do what I have to do. And even start doing more extracurriculars because I don't have the long commute that I did before. So mm -hmm. I think the main thing though, is the social interaction that a lot of people are missing. I know both, well, both of you guys seem like extroverts. So I also wanted to know how you compensate or at least try to for the lack of social interaction that you're probably experiencing right now. <laughs> okay, this is funny because, um, so on um, the way that I kind of like navigate through like personal energy, like how I express my energy and stuff is just like, I, I love to be super active, really loud. And I'm just that kind of person. I'm that kind of person to say something out loud in public cause it's funny or whatever. And that's how I get most of my energy for the day. Obviously I'm at home, so I'm with my parents. And uh, that, that, that's the kind of stuff's not tolerated. So, but then um, when I'm able to kind of be loud over like a call with friends, just laughing or making jokes and stuff, making fun of each other, um, that's how I personally get through it and stuff. Or even just like being able to talk out loud to myself. Cause I feel like it's not only the social interaction that you miss out, but it's also just talking in general. Like there's some days where like, I, I swear to God, I would say like a whole paragraph in a whole day, like 250 words in one day. I'm like, wow, I feel I need to say something to myself or to someone. And um, like, there's obviously a lot of mediums for that and stuff. But then like just being able to talk somehow was very, very nice. And that's how I kind of like navigated through it. Still trying some avenues uh, for that. But so far, it's going pretty well, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I now I notice my voice gets tired so much more quickly than it ever would. I don't know how I talked all day before, but <laughs> Brian, what? No, I, it's, I, I was just, you know, I, I completely agree. I remember <laughs> thinking when I, in the fall, when I went up uh, to build my little cabin in the, in the remote area that I was alone and, and, you know, you, you were, I was talking to rocks. Like I literally felt like, you know, like that I was Tom Hanks on a deserted island with a volleyball, right? Like, you know, it just, it, like it was one of those things where you, yeah, you're right. I think we don't communicate. Luckily in my job, I, I communicate a lot with teaching and stuff and Q&A and office hours. So it's I don't have that, but I could totally get that that would be something that would feel weird um, in your habits. Yeah, I don't know that um, I've experienced that so much as being an issue, but I think that uh, we used to always have, um, there are things I miss about the social interactions for sure, because there's the casual conversation. So in terms of research, uh, you know, you, you run into a colleague in the hall and it's just like, Hey, have you thought about this? And then it's just, it's like this, you got this sounding board to bounce ideas off of. You're like, no, but, and then they, they listen to you. It's just, it's fleeting. It's like maybe five minute conversation. And the next thing you know, they're sending you an email from their office about this research paper they saw that's related. And this is how ideas like naturally grow, right? Like, I don't know if my ideas right now are completely crazy or if they're crazy in a good way or crazy in a completely bad way because I don't have anybody to bounce these ideas off of. So I find that I really do benefit from that feedback mechanism of all of my peers, whether they be students or whoever, because you don't get that same mechanism. Like even now, although I'm talking to people, I'm talking to the internet, right? Like, I don't know who's listening, like what's going on in people's lives. Like, I don't know that they're, that, that that's being reached. So that's one of the things I think that is a, is a bit of a challenge in terms of our creativity. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope if there's an FBI agent listening that he, um, yeah. he's entertained at least, but. <laughs> um, if we say bomb, he might be listening. Bomb, bomb. bomb. <laughs> Look, we just started. Okay. Wait, what was I thinking of? Yeah, I think that the collaboration that we usually experience is just, it doesn't feel as natural 
because it's either like a planned meeting or a text where you can't really get the tone of voice or enthusiasm across as well. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion, at least. But there's or ways. Even just like in the classroom, like the number one thing I miss is just like, like trying to climb over to like all my friends, just like, like do our handshakes and stuff and say what's up, have that like spontaneity going on and stuff. And like, I'm I missed like, the 10 I, minutes before. I oh my the God. 10 yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The 10 minutes before class, 10 minute breaks, those were the best. And I miss the spontaneity of going to, going to eat sushi at, like after a lecture or ramen after a lecture and stuff. Oh man, like the spontaneity part that Brown was talking about with research. In a student's perspective, that's going to sushi or like running around the campus and stuff. Like, I miss that so, so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, inter it's interesting from the collaboration point of view because there's another side to that, right? Like, and it'd be interesting to see if we ever go back to the way that it was, right? Like, while I, while I just listed a collaboration that's lacking, another collaboration that is only possible because of the pandemic are those ones that are outside your university. So, you know, I can, I can have a meeting or join somebody else's group meeting at the University of Victoria or University of Cape Breton now that I wouldn't have made time or had time to do in the past, right? And so now I have two active collaborations on both coasts of the country that I've never had before the pandemic. So I think there's also, there's some cool stuff that's happening there too. And I, I'm, I'm really curious to see when we get back and I don't know, I don't have, I don't have any insight when that'll be. I don't know what it's going to look like, but my feeling is it's going to look different, but some of the things that we're learning now will probably be kept the same. Yeah. I, I've already had a prof say that she wanted to keep the online tutorial, no, not online tutorial, online office hours uh, as a thing, because it seemed a lot more convenient for people to come and speak to her, which it is because you don't have to find the time to physically go anywhere you could do it from the comfort of your own home even if you're you don't have class that day or something like that or even you know what even an 8 a.m class for that one hour on the day that it's the only day you have a class right like it's you're just like who i don't know who in scheduling ever came up with that I just idea <laughs> yeah and that's it well that's saying so so the, the professor has to be there and then what they're teaching to 20 people like that doesn't make sense out of a, out of a room of 100 right like so that kind of stuff will also probably need to change. And there's lots of ways to respond, not just having it online, but those things need to change now that we see how this works. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be weird. There's a light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine, but I don't know, man, I'm just a little tired of the monotony. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, we all have new mm -hmm. habits. Like when you have to get on the, the go train again, you're like F, right? Like as soon as you, you're gonna be so excited until you wait and see how rammed that thing is gonna be. <laughs> you're just gonna be like, oh, I didn't miss this. Yeah, I miss the subway now. Uh, watch me in a couple, oh my God, in a year, probably. Watch me in a year, I'll be complaining again. By the way, the it's subway fine. is awesome right now, just so you know. If you're out of the city yeah. and you haven't been on the G, like in the subway system at all, it is like dreamy. There's like one person in your car for <laughs> like the entire, it's so nice. I think I went once uh, in the summer to pick up something from a locker. That was it. And I haven't been to school since, which is- Yeah, really I haven't weird. been on TTC for so long either. I miss them. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to forget the building names and the street names. That's what I noticed. I can't remember them off by heart anymore. Okay, hmm. I think now would be the time to move on. I was curious as to what the most helpful tool you discovered is like as a result of having to switch to online learning or online teaching? Zoom is not a valid answer, right? Um, okay, so most valid tool. Yeah, probably not. Um, most valid tool, so like software program or like any, any sort of system put in place for online. Or even just a habit, literally anything, just any sort of tool that you have found as a result of the pandemic that is helping you in some way that you wouldn't have discovered otherwise? I think you gotta go first here, Brian. I gotta, I gotta think a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have one, so I can, I can bail you out, Steve. So it started with the bonus videos. So typically in the past, memorizing students' names, you just do it the old fashioned way. And what I did is I had a bonus video to start the course. 
this year. And so that bonus video really benefits the people who, if we were on campus, wouldn't have stood out in some way or another, right? Like the people who are just, you know, for lack of a better word, passengers in the classroom. Because now when they send me an email, instead, so Valeria will understand this, Stephen will not, some of the listeners will understand this, some of them will not. But in the classroom, I used to have weekly handwritten quizzes, which still is kind of true, but I would give those back to you in lab. So I would identify you by name, by reading break. Uh, and so I'd be able to tell who you are and I'd memorize names that way. And it was a bit of a game for me for two reasons. One, I'm asking students to memorize cue cards. They have, that means they have to learn 30 of them. I have to learn 300, 400 names. You know, it's kind of like, it's leading by example. So I always liked doing that. It was good for my brain. I think it was practice too, but some people I will forget after the semester's over because we'll never interact again, or we've had only a minimal interaction. But the bonus videos that I create, I had them create now, I, I are in my G, my Google Drive forever until I would decide to delete them, right? So, which is cool because now I will always have a memory of everybody who I meet. And, and that means I can always go back and be like, oh, this person. And I wouldn't have been able to do that in real life. So that's cool. And then the videos in general, I really like them because I get everyone now to submit a bon or a live video uh, instead. And I, I really like that too, because I if you watch the videos over in rapid sequence over the course of the semester, you can really see how people have evolved like a lot. And, and when you can make a video document like that, which is something we would never do in real life, you now have a catalog that everybody can reflect on, which I think is pretty awesome in terms of personal growth. That was very fun to do, actually. I think um, when I first saw that, I was like, just, just a disclaimer, I have my mark for Orgo already, so I'm not trying to get extra marks here, but I was really, I really enjoyed it. And I was, I was like, hey, I can actually so showcase to, so before I, I, I used to go to high schools um, for like a bunch of um, like talent shows and stuff, and I'll play my guitar. But then I was like, hey, I haven't been able to play guitar for anyone yet. So here you go, Brian. Here's my little clip of playing guitar. But yeah, that was really awesome. That's really fun to um, to do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to this 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 semester, somebody who might be listening actually played piano and wrote a a really cool song, where they rhymed cue card with grinyard. <laughs> I thought if for people who have done the second organic, then that will be more meaningful than the first. But it just like just awesome, like, like an original song. Anyway, it was it was it had me laughing the entire time. I should have done that last year. Okay, whatever. Uh, that, that's for that's for August too. <laughs> Steven, uh, back to the question, the tool, What what is yours? Okay, people might make fun of me for this because uh, it's kind of minuscule, it's kind of small, and it's kind of, um, it kind of attacks some cultures and stuff too, but wearing shoes in the house, that has made my sense so far. Yeah, Janelle, that's hold that's whole oh, wow. up for a second here. <laughs> now, um, I'm, a, I'm a big sneakerhead. I, I have like, Okay. 20 like plus pairs of shoes. I don't know how many shoes I have. And I cherish them all super dearly. I'll, I'll, I used to wash them like every week and be sure that they're all like, taken care of and stuff, have shoe trees and all that sort of things, right? But then going to the pandemic and living in a Southeastern Asian um, household, you can't really do that, right? But then um, being able to actually think like, oh, when I wake up, what should I wear to like go to the SLC? Now it's like, where should I go? Or what should I wear to go like downstairs to my office or like to my office working area? Before I used, uh, I, I slept really well because I would be like, you'd be like walking all over campus and like your feet would get really tired. Just being able to lay down, have that really nice relief from your like your head down to your like, literally to your toes and stuff was really nice. And I missed that first semester. So my sleeping schedule was really weird. But then recently I was like, you know, what? I was going to clean these and just like try to wear them in the house and stuff. Oh man, like not only does it make me cherish my shoes a lot more, but then it, it just really sets my mind into working mode. Like, okay, so I got to walk, walk around be sure that by the end of the day, when I lay down, um, my feet are super relaxed and I, I can actually take that time to really rest and just sleep it off. That's really interesting. That's creative. I'll tell you that's creative. I don't agree with shoes in the house, but it is your house. It's not <laughs> mine. So as long as you don't come into my house with shoes, do whatever you want. But that, that's actually a really weird but good way of turning off your work brain. Because one of the questions, the next one I actually wanted to ask you was how you find a work-life balance. Because I find that a big issue now is that people can't turn off their work brains because we're working in the same spaces that we sleep, that we eat, that we do everything else. 
And so your brain, your brain works based off of associations to different mm-hmm. places or objects or cues, whatever right. those may be. And we don't really have that right now, at least in terms of location. So it, it's weird trying to balance work and life because it kind of just all mushes together. I used to go uh, either to a coffee shop, to the library, or to the SLC to study. Ooh, or to the quad. I would love to study in the quad when it was warm out. But I don't do that anymore. I study at my desk. Uh, And it's just weird because my bed is right over there. And so you find yourself always thinking about what you need to be doing or what you could be doing. It's very difficult to decompress. So what do you do to balance those things is my question after this very long-winded explanation. <laughs> In terms of balance and stuff, so just to like kind of preface, um, I also work as a tutor and just the last week I probably worked over what 15, 20 hours and of the quad. It's pretty typical. And um, the way that I've done it is uh, when you with like when you're in public and stuff, you, you talk louder than you are, you show off more of more or less of your personality. And I realized that when I started tutoring these students, I'm, I'm very like I'm very like how I would be by myself. Like it felt like I w- there wasn't anyone in front of me. So I tried to like over accentuate my personality a little bit online, so that way I could kind of compensate for what it would be like in person. So. Um, that way, I, my brain associates like, okay, so when I'm in like, like at my desk, I got to talk a little bit more clearly, accentuate my words a little bit better, and uh, just bring a little bit more energy into the conversation, kind of thing. So that really helped me out, and uh, I'm more than lucky enough to have a separate working area. Like, I, I think if it wasn't for this working area that I'm sitting in right now, I'd be doing very, very, very poorly. And uh, I just try to make it more exciting. I make my chair as comfortable as possible. I try to get the gear that makes me want to do the most work on. So I got a new keyboard. I have a bunch of like little neat gadgets and stuff around here. Got posters here as well, just to make the, um, the area more welcoming and stuff. Cause I've always wanted my own office. So yeah, I just try to make it as exciting as possible and just try to deliver more energy than I would when it's online. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was good. I'm just trying to think what I would do. So it's typical as being a, a professor because you you don't really have a work-life balance like you, you didn't like being an academic you, you got this part far in your life because your job is your hobby right so you kind of in many regards that they're long days and you just need to know when to stop each day right and so i mean everyone who who knows me knows that i like to have a little sip of an, al- an adult uh, alcoholic beverage before bed uh, or two or three. And so that is really what happens. Like I literally shut down. So, you know, starting at eight or seven or something like that, I'll have my first glass of wine or a beer or something. And then that literally is the beginning point of my brain getting depressed and slowly turning off to, and so I mean, it's not really probably as I'm saying this out loud, the most healthy advice, but um, it, it is it is a routine and that routine like, like you need to test turn off your brain when you're somebody who's like this and you have to do it physically somehow. Like, otherwise I would just stay up all night. So literally I, I, I find myself sleeping in a little bit more and by sleeping in, I mean like 8.30, right? So, which is way later than I would ever sleep in if we were going to semester. But yeah, I'll, I'll uh, start my day at 8.30, cup of coffee, go to my desk. Like it's, it's pretty much, you could guess where I am at any given time. <laughs> and um, yeah, by eight o'clock at night, I'm starting to turn off some Netflix or some hockey or something and chilling um, by between 12 and one, I'm in bed and then I do it all again. So yeah, I don't think work-life balance is that I'm not the right question person either before or after a pandemic to ask. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think most people have it figured out completely anyways. So I, I wouldn't stress too much about that. I was just interested in how you guys try at least to implement that into your daily lives, especially now thing I said, I think before the call too, is that I, I try to take all of my calls that don't involve being in front of a computer, like outside on a walk, right? Yeah. When we, when you have a, that kind of a sedentary life, I feel like that's a big thing that we all are forgetting. Like you need your 10,000 steps a day. And if you're in a house and you do not leave your house, the most you're getting is 3000. Anybody with a Fitbit or a Apple watch knows that. So yeah, you need to get out and get some exercise. That's great for health. 
And listen to podcasts like this one is also good. Yeah, I, I um, what do I do? I try to work out at night with my mom because my mom is always complaining that she has bad knees. So I force her to work out at like 9.30 every night so that like she can start strengthening the muscles around her knees so that her knees won't hurt so much anymore. But I found that doing some sort of physical activity is super important, especially for me, because I also have like some health things that if I do not work out, my body will just not function properly or function worse, I guess. Um, By the way, it's a little tip, something that I've learned from previous mm -hmm. partners is that uh, women also can have uh, IT bands and when they think about their knees, it's not just their knees, it's, or it's not their knees that hurts, it's actually their IT band moving their, their kneecap off to the side a little bit, which causes um, rubbing of your knee, uh, kneecap. Anyway, so anyone who's ever got on one of those foam rollers and and rolled oh, out the side of their leg, oh, yeah, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. That's your right. That's your IT band. And so you really got to, it happens to, for women who are curvy too, because the, it, that pulls when your thigh, on your thighs more, when thighs grow. So you got to make sure that you really like work that IT band. Anyway, because yeah, it often, what is the undiagnosed problem with knees? Huh. Just a little heads up there. But yeah. if you want to hear your mom scream and cry, <laughs> then <laughs> if you're that masochistic, uh, because it hurts, like it, especially if you do have really tight, uh, IT band like really hurts. Yeah, I, I was a I used to be a dancer and my sisters still are. So it's very normal to like see one of us foam rolling and I, I always do it like at night especially. It's really nice and yeah. it hurts, but it's so good afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like you feel like a nice release in the muscle. It's great. Yeah. Uh, it's the endorphins I think of pain mostly. <laughs> I actually don't I don't think it's a nice feeling. I think it's a pain that makes you feel like when the pain stops, oh my god, the best day of my life is right now. <laughs> probably. Maybe that's uh that probably is the same case with exercise then. I would yeah. say. I, yeah. I get or, or like eating spicy food. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, exercise is so important, especially now. And to be fair, as young people, you often like unless in the, like the summertime you were getting because you everyone's going outside and doing something active. But in the wintertime, as a young person, you probably aren't getting those steps anyway. Like if we were in the classroom, like that's why it's literally called the freshman 15, right? People <laughs> don't wait because they now are sitting in a classroom every day. So the key thing, though, is just to remember as you do get older that that exercise, especially at lowering stress and blood pressure and all those things that that cause us to be exhausted is really important uh, at this point in our lives especially now that we don't get outside very much. Yeah, it helps me a lot to get to sleep, especially. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to give you guys a chance to complain a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you what the most annoying or difficult thing was last semester in terms of online learning. <laughs> Should I go first or do you want to go first, Brian? I think I've no, go got a lot go to say. Okay, cool. We, like as students, we, we tried to like communicate via like chats on Facebook or any other medium and stuff and it's really nice to have people there to talk to and it always helps out right but then it's the worst when I, I personally find it the worst when uh, because like well Brian you talked about how like, the, the one word you use uh, for the semester was reactionary and the first thing I thought of in my mind was like every time after there was a test or a quiz just combine, compile all the conversations you would have outside the classroom, but in word form. I, I think it was, it was um, really hard, like especially for me, because like not only my student, but I want to find fairness between students and like um, instructors and stuff. And uh, obviously, it isn't fair for me to just start complaining and start saying, "Oh, why didn't the prof do this X Y Z kind of thing?" Because there, there are some points that I want to help them out with. Be like, "Yeah, maybe they should have done that," but I felt like. A lot of uh, anger is has like shot up super like exponentially with um, with like probably like mental health and like staying inside and all the time and stuff. So <laughs> for me, it kind of it kind of bothered me in the sense where like seeing like a ton of complaints that were very initial thought kind of thing. I think that was probably the most challenging thing I, I found with last semester is kind of like witnessing that. Yeah, and kind of like having to feel people projecting that energy out like to you and having to listen to it. And it's basically just like your phone is just pinging, pinging, pinging with all these things that are just really inherently negative. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, 
all the stress of living through a global pandemic certainly hasn't made anybody less irritable than they would have been otherwise. Right. So yeah. I, I, I don't think they're, it's uh, that anybody's a bad person if they're angry in that way. But I think that it's just a matter of checking yourself before you wreck yourself, basically, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brian, I'm sure you have a bunch that annoyed you last semester. Yeah, as yeah. And I think, I think that's something that really is important because there was a lot, I didn't, I wasn't witness it directly, but just what Steve was talking about, like I know that I had a couple actions in the classroom that really create a polarized online debate so much so that people who were in support of me are actually emailing me telling me that they disagree with what everybody else is saying by the way i don't even know what anyone else is saying i just know that they they disagree and that they said they support what i did and so i'm like yeah so and that's fine i mean i think one of the problems during a pandemic and i think hopefully the the 20 somethings are realizing this this is not a good way to communicate right it is it is the way that you have been taught to communicate and it is the only way to communicate but it isn't a good way to communicate and so like it's it's the difference between you know texting and and some sort of chat room thing versus an email like it, they're all digital technology it doesn't matter which one you use in my mind although i know people are brought up differently so i think my two things that i would complain about were the e complaining and the e excuses right like because and if we were live, you not a single human would have the, the confidence. Like, first of all, Steven does not know how big I am, right? And I heard Valeria you're towering knows. over people. He's I'm only yeah. five six here. It's like you would you you would tower yeah. over me. So no, if, I, I'm if five thirty. So yeah. I'm like I feel like so I feel so little every time yeah. that he would come to bring my test. I'd like be looking up. It would be terrifying. But and I not, think that's something that's something so I noticed much. that I've lost. Like that terrifying me because <laughs> of just who I am physically in stature. Like like I bet you that would have filtered out ninety percent of the e correspondence I got this year. Right, because they just wouldn't have the dare say something like this to me to my face. Now, granted, I wouldn't want them saying that to a small female professor either, who probably gets beat up way more during a semester in live meetings than I would. So, I again, recognizing my privilege, which I completely lost. Right, that stature that people don't know—they just hear a voice in the background. I could be anybody, but uh, I think when they have to look way up, and then, and then they're like, "Yes, sir. No, sir. Okay, sir." And then that would be—it's like, a totally different mindset. Because, it's also just face to face. There, yeah. it, it's the age-old like story yeah. of you won't say everything that you say online or through an email or through a text to a person. You, yeah. you wouldn't say all of that to their face. And like, yeah, I know that's I, true for me too, so. And and to be fair, like that's that's exactly it, right? Like, but then I, I, you gotta credit those people who are bold enough to say things to your face too, right? Because like in live chats, like there were situations that would have never happened in a classroom either, but they were still vocalizing their frustration, which I totally, totally appreciate that it's frustrating. But anyway, so that's the one thing, is the e-complaint, the excuses, which wouldn't have happened under normal setting. And then the impact. I do this job because I feel like I'm making a difference. But this year, I literally had my hand in my head sitting on my desk and I'm like, why? Like, just talking about self-reflection and I'm like, why am I doing this? What am I, like, I don't know if a single light is going off in anyone's brain. Like, I um, really have no clue if anyone even understands or is learning or I got nothing, nothing. No lights, no eyes, no like, ah, moments, like nothing. So I have no feedback. So essentially I, I have no impact and I have no way to judge what my impact is. So that to, that to me is is probably the, the toughest pill to swallow because if you're doing this for the right reasons and the right motivation, it's about the people and the learners. Well, you just have a bunch of bots. <laughs> like you, you don't know what's going on in cyberspace. You know what? It's the depersonalization. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, this is cool, it's cool, it's cool. Okay, it, it's kind of like the depersonalization, but I think you might get a little bit jealous when I tell you this, but you know, I was I was the SLG leader for your course last semester and um, I got a lot of human interaction out of that. And it was honestly just the highlight of my week that I would get to talk to people for an hour, three times a week. And all of the people that came were such kind, nice people. I was so happy to, <laughs> to do that. Like one of my favorite jobs that I've had. And uh what's my point they were getting it 
they were getting it. If you want any con consolation, at least the people that were coming to SLGs, they were understanding. And uh, yeah. But the SLGs were a really nice way of bringing people together and they would kind of talk amongst themselves, like, because my job is more to facilitate than teach. Uh, yeah. So they would help each other out and it was a nice little group study session and they were getting it, it. It just takes a second. Yeah, and to be fair, that that dynamic is a little bit more back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So you are getting it, and I, and I did too at the end of the semester, but on a weekly basis, I couldn't tell um, mm -hmm. because uh, the videos helped, but videos only over aggregate over the entire semester can you see the real the real wins there. But yeah, I couldn't tell. Like after two hours of being in a classroom, I just had nothing. But you can tell in the classroom, right? You can tell who's engaged. You can tell who's leaning in. You can tell. By the way, that's the name of the podcast. By the way, you can tell yeah. who's like who's like really engaged and like they're literally like their neck is getting longer, their posture is getting better. They're in they're enthralled. Like yeah, you can't tell you if know. somebody is napping during. Yeah. <laughs> oh mean, no, you, you can, can tell if they're napping. Yeah, you can tell, <laughs> can tell but if it's, they're no, I mean online. You can't tell if somebody's napping. That was blurry. I think I think you were in Dave's class. Were you not? Were you in Dave's organic class? He always fell asleep during class. Maybe you Dave? weren't. Maybe you weren't. No. no, it was different. Maybe it was the year before you, but there was an organic class where a guy, you could tell if he was sleeping because he snored <laughs> really loud. Anyway, anyway, that's, yeah. Oh, that was funny. Steven, what did you want to say? Oh, I was wondering boys how, like, in the beginning of, like, the semester, I was like, yeah, I was going to chill in the back and just, just, like, make sure, like, the Carlson do his thing for a little bit and just call it a day kind of thing, right? But then when my students started going online and then I had to do the same thing, I'm like, Wait, like, cause I I, I I tutored some of them in person, and like that was that was phenomenal. That like the reason I get that that high when I um when I tutor them in person, it's like seeing them like going oh and then making like that old face as well, and mm -hmm. um it was exact like exactly how Brian said it. When we went online and there's a black screen and just asking like oh how do you do this derivative? I'm like oh yes I do this this and that and I try to make it interactive, but then obviously there's a multitude of factors of why they they, they can't, their environment, maybe mental health state kind of thing. But it was very taxing as like, I don't want to call myself an instructor. But yeah, as, as like an educator, just someone to help them out with. It's, it kind of sucked to uh, to go from like human human interaction to black screen with their name. I mean, me, I never had that. Um, I only became an SLG, SLG leader that semester. So I'd never had that person to person. So mm -hmm. it's almost like I don't really know what I'd be missing out on, but hopefully next year I can do it in person again. I would love that, but we'll see how people act, <laughs> uh, how our government acts uh, to be more precise. But yeah, it's weird. I, and I don't appreciate when people are just always complaining. I don't think it, I think you're allowed to be upset about something because that's a normal human emotion, right? But I don't like it when people dwell on it and then also continually complain when you chose to be here. I don't know. I, I, I don't care if people think that's harsh because it's really not like you did choose to be here and you're here because you're paying to be. So why do you hate it so much? Then choose switch programs and do something that you will enjoy. I never understood that. For for me, the only thing that makes me kind of like and eh, like irky about it is like, is that how it works? I don't think so. But like, mm -hmm. the, the only reason why I, I I didn't feel feel too good about it is because I'm a hundred percent, a million percent, an optimist, and uh, I'm always that person that gives you the the stupid reason, the the, the stupid reason why you should be happy kind of thing, um, mm -hmm. just for, just out of like force of habit kind of, and it just pains to see that there's a lot of complaining, but then. A lot of it can be resolved in so many different ways, but then it's because the fuel, what's fueling that those rants is anger from the quiz fifty seconds ago, right? Mm -hmm. And like, if if students schedule sent all their emails and read it like a second time an hour after, I'm I'm pretty sure like there'd be like no rant emails going to pros or TAs and stuff. Like the complaints were kind of I think it was too much, but there are they're obviously valid, but switching up language and stuff it would have been valid. Brian, what do you think? Well, I mean, one of the things that's, I think, the biggest thing that, that students of today don't realize is that they've there is a lack of connection with faculty members. So 
you know, in the past, because of the interactions that I've had with students, I, you know, they, they've been getting reference letters so that they can get summer positions at sick kids or whatever. Right. But I don't have much of a rapport with students. And when those things happen, <laughs> the venting or the negativity, it doesn't just affect one student. It kind of affects the memory of the class. Right. So that's what I think that's the worst part that students don't realize is that um, when that negativity gets back to me, I don't know who it who it is per se. I don't have a, a one person to point the finger at. So in my mind, it's the class that pays the price. And, and, and I'm not talking about, um, you know, a mark or a grade or how it's going to impact your score in the class because I'm I'm above that. But I'm like, if you need my help in the future, why on earth would I help you? Yeah. Right. Like, and so, so people need to think about that in terms of their actions, like, fine. Okay. You're going to go your way. I'm going to go my way. Like even, even, so for example, if Steven rubbed me the wrong way, which he's not, I could ask Anthony to no longer keep him as an intern. Like I would have that kind of influence if I wanted to over his situation. I would never do that, Steven. So don't, don't, don't think that My I'm doing that. My hands are sweating right now. Yeah. Just add so, to the fact you said that you're like eight feet tall too. I am imagining that right now and it's not pleasant. No, but in terms of the structure of a university, how it works, like the faculty are the people who create the opportunities for everybody else. That is the way it works. So if anywhere on campus and you know to be fair there are some wonderful support staff we know wonderful like maurice fernandez he's a friend of the pod like there's a lot of people who make a difference but at the end of the day it is the faculty who create opportunities for students whether it be learning growth future promise reference letters like that relationship is super important and to poison it just because you're having a bad day or your situation is shitty especially when you know everyone is battling the same situation is is punitive. And I think it's also part of the way the technology is taught to us because it's so easy to do. And we think that it doesn't going to affect anybody except our peers, but it's digital. Like it's so easy to forward that shit to people. Like it's so easy to get that. Like literally people need to check themselves, as you said, to start, start the question Larry, that they need to before what was the actual statement? Check yourself before you Check wreck yourself. yourself. Yeah. You wreck yourself. Yeah. It's a saying. Think, it's a saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't think people are really, really thinking about this. So they do, they need to start. And I guess that's the, that's the key point in all of this, because mm -hmm. I think, especially now when our interactions are already kind of minimalized, you don't want them to be punitive as well. Yeah. I think the only thing that I would say as a student is that, there are some professors that do need to have like more of compassion a little bit. I yeah. think it's a balance because there's never any situation where it's black and white and one person's right and one person's wrong. I mean, actually, no, I can think of some in like day to day. There's not that many, but like I've but had. You know what? We're, but we're not measured just, we are measured on our actions, but also our intentions, right? Like if someone's in, that's what we have to always think about. Like, especially in all the, every movement that I've heard recently and, you know, in our PC world that we live in, it's the intent you have to understand. So if someone's busting their ass to try to create an experience for you and it still comes up short, well, what was, what was their motive? Right. And if their motive was pure, then regardless of the outcome, you got to give them some slack. Now, mm -hmm. if someone is just whining for lack oh, of yeah. a better word, actual issues that students come across, like I've had, um, profs that refuse to give feedback kind of thing. And th that's something that I really don't um, support, especially during a online semester, like a complete lack of feedback just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem ethical in the first place when a student is paying so much money to get that type of education. You know, you can do what you want, but I also, I don't have, I have my reservations about the quality of education. That's more of the thing that I was um, alluding to. And I'm not going to throw any individual faculty members on the bus, but I know that some people are coming up short. And I and I think, I don't know if they, I think they know they are, but I don't think they're elastic enough to change, unfortunately. And I and I and I'm not making excuses for them because, like I said, I came from a pretty privileged space. But you're, I completely agree with you. Like, there are people who, in my mind, are my colleagues who are not doing their job to the level that I would like them to do their job. 
And I, that's just in a recording and they, but they know that because I will have told them this too, <laughs> they, they, or they will know because of the interactions I've had with them in the past or, so I'm not too worried about ruffling feathers as I say that, because mm-hmm. some people just are not elastic enough in this world. And I think that's a cool thing that hopefully everybody is getting better at in a pandemic is our adaptability, because that's a great skill to have in the modern world. Yeah. So main thing is basically, I think both professors and students need to be more compassionate towards each other because we're all going through it and being put in a situation where literally everything about our lives can be different. Just the entire structure of our lives is kind of, has been turned upside down. And also like, you don't have to whine about your grades, but you also have to do your job as well on the, on the teacher's side, because at the end of the day, we are paying, right? That's what, Mm -hmm always bothers me. And I think that's important too. I think mm-hmm. that that's, that has changed in the last, uh, you know, two decades really is that the, the, the debt, like, I mean, half the revenue from a university comes from students. And that when I went to school, it was only about 25%. And when people before me went to school, it was zero. Right. So um, that is, has changed a lot. And I think a lot of our, a lot of people in academia need to understand that, that there are customers I don't believe that the customer is always right, that we're not in that kind of a customer service business. Oh, no, but, I, I worked um, in customer service. The customer is definitely not always right, but yeah. you have to act like they are sometimes. Sorry, I just want to close that thought and just say that, you know, like um, certainly that's one of the mindsets that I think my peers need to embrace too, is that we shouldn't be on a pedestal where we're creating some sort of an elite thing that should be only attainable by a very select few. And you should like, I don't like those attitudes either. So. I do agree that we should be thinking more that we have, we're in a business and our business is creating leaders or creating better talent for the future. Um, so we have to work towards that goal. Now tactics will be different depending on who you are, but I agree that that we all have to do our part. And I think not everyone has pulled the weight the same way, but also just like we talked about understanding you, the student's perspective, like again, if you're now a, somebody who's a single mom or a dad, stay at home dad or whatever the situation is, I, I know for sure those people have been wrecked, like just <laughs> like emotionally, you know, I've always wanted to have kids and it, because of my busy life and, and the choices I've made, I never, I know I may never get that opportunity, but at the, at the end of the day, the, yeah, I hear them complaining. I'm like, what? Like you wanted these things. <laughs> like you, you were like, what, why now is, was it predicated on the idea that you wouldn't have to care for them for eight hours a day? Like, like what was the, what was the thing? Anyway, I, I always oh, find yeah. this quite fascinating. I think that's so annoying. <laughs> that's so just upright annoying to me when people have children, but then they complain all day about having children. Like you did this, like what, why'd you do it then? Like, they're your responsibility. You <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they are because if I don't have any children, someone has to produce children. Otherwise, we're not going to have much humans left. But at the end of the day, I, I think that still, I don't want to, again, that I understand that they're going through a tough times, but it just seems like, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Yeah. Next. <laughs> people, are, people are allowed to complain and they're allowed to feel human emotions, but I, like I've said before, when you dwell on them or when they almost like become part of your identity, that's where I kind of draw that line. And, you know, that kind of played into the question I was going to ask about what you want students, if you're a professor or professors to know, if you're a student. Mm, What I want professors to know is, um, the course would be much easier um, if you're able to keep, if we are able to keep you in the loop, and as long as you're open to staying open in the loop, I guess, um, as long as there's some sort of line of communication between professors and students and that mm-hmm. established in the first like 10 minutes to say like, if you guys have any concerns because of the whole like weird situation we're going through right now, please let me know and how we can change these things. Um, having that adaptability and courage to do that, I think is going to be that, like, honestly, when profs start off their class like that, I'm like, this is a cool person. Five out of five, I'm rate my prof. But, like, yeah. I think that's the key thing that I just want everyone to, to kind of, like, understand. And obviously, students, um, we, we also need to keep that line of communication, like, professional, too, so we don't, like, make them, like, shoot their brains out when they read our emails. Yeah, true. It requires a level of civility on both sides and also on both sides admitting when you may have fucked up 
or when you may have done something wrong or else yeah. nobody's going to grow from that situation. No, I completely agree with that. And I think, again, it's, it's, it's sort of this recommend, reminder that I guess if I would say what I would want students to reckon remember is that, you know, we've never done this before. Like, like, so like, it's, it's not the same as teaching in a classroom. It's really not. And of course, you know, that cause you're, you talk about missing the classroom for different reasons maybe, but it's really different. And, uh, and even the best thought out plans, which I thought I had, right. It's like the, a, a Navy saying, right. But even the best plans fail on first contact with the enemy. Right. So you just have to, you, you just like, okay, guys, we're going to fly by the seat of our pants here. We'll try to do our best, but recognize that we are making the rules up as we go because you have to, uh, because a well thought out plan wouldn't work. So I think, I think it's again, just trying to get everybody to be, I think calm, although calm, telling someone to stay calm who's not calm is the worst thing you could do. I probably civil. Yeah, not even civil. I don't, I don't find that I ever had direct incivility to be quite honest. I don't, I didn't like nothing nothing direct ever bothered me. No other, no response or action I ever had directly ever bothered me. So no, I'd say, I'd say it's just, just be patient and, and, and let go of this, you know, Oh, I need to get a good mark. Oh, I need to get a good mark. Oh, I need yeah. to get a good mark. instead, instead like, Oh, like be curious instead of fearful. It would be my best advice. Like, you know, love and hate are a balancing thing in terms of feelings. But so fear and curiosity are also balancing things. So instead of being fearful, try to be curious about what we're doing and why and where we're going next, instead of being afraid to go there. Because I think that's what's happened in high school and our education. I blame our secondary and elementary school system is because we, we fear failure and we don't embrace curiosity. So I think that's what I want everybody to be is just, just be curious in this, in this moment because you, you, you shouldn't That'll be how you're going to perform most admirably. Okay, I'll break the silence. I, I wanted to see who. Good. Would do it first, I wasn't sure if I, I thought we killed the internet again. <laughs> oh, I, I'm like, waiting for someone to say something so I can say something. But I guess I could say something <laughs> because <laughs> I, I want to just like echo that real hard because. Yeah, marks are gonna matter, and like I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a student that doesn't care about marks kind of thing. It's more so that like that switch of mindset from high school to university, that message gets projected so crazy now because like, um, like at first I was like, okay, I need, I need, I need to kill this quote unquote killer course in university and stuff. I always, I went into Oracle thinking it's be a super tough course, and like the first two units of like of our class last semester, I was like, dang, this is kind of hard. But I, I I think I failed the second quiz and I was like, dang, I like um I, I should be I should be pretty sad about this kind of thing, right? But then the way that things just inter just like just all work together and like our mindsets need to be the same way because we can't be so focused on trying to get that mark for professional school or whatever or like a or like a PhD program or masters. Be having that curiosity honestly really saved me in terms of my mark and stuff too, and my sanity too. Like, oh my god, if I if I had the same mindset from the first two minutes throughout the whole course, not only would have probably failed, but also be like super sad about my mark. But then that doesn't really matter anymore because like being curious is, has like really helped me in terms of my other courses, my other tests and exams, and then also professional networking too. It it really makes you different. It stands out, I think. And yeah, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, cause I think we have to be conscious of um, like some people that like maybe they're dealing with some things mentally as well, but that doesn't, but mindset does help a lot in those situations, especially if you're trying to get into, like I'm trying to get into med school straight up. So marks do matter to me, I will say that, but I think that if, I only place value on the marks and I, I'll just lose any enjoyment out of the learning because the reason that I'm actually in science is because I like science. And I don't, I, I've always said that if people don't like science, they should go and do something else that they do. It's not that I'm saying like, oh, you shouldn't be here, like just leave kind of thing. It's more like go and do something that fulfills you more that will bring you more happiness 
and those people who want to go to med school, you don't need to have a science degree to go to med school. Like that's not a requirement, right? Like at all. There, there's lots of people who you will meet who didn't have an undergraduate in science who are doctors now. They took their courses that they needed to get in order to get there, but they could have arts degrees as, as their, their core degree. Like it's all possible. I mean, so the other thing too, I was going to say, just I was thinking more from the motivation point of view, right? Yeah, getting good marks are great, but are you going to let fear motivate you to get there? Because you, you can't love this idea of med school because you don't even know what being a doctor's like. So what is there to love? Like you love an image, a, a ghost, a phantom, right? You're, you, and you can't hate the idea of being a doctor. You wouldn't be motivated to do it either. So you're motivated to, to get those grades by either fear of failure or curiosity and love of, or curiosity and, and this, this desire to know more. So let, let curiosity win that motivating battle as you go to get good marks, because curiosity is more of a long game than fear. Fear is very reactionary, but curiosity is like a planned thing. So I think if you're curious, you're gonna wait and see how it unfolds before you hit the panic button, because you have a feeling, maybe not a feeling, but an interest in pursuing some sort of path. And I think that's the key thing that I think I'd tell everybody, but that, that would be true outside of pandemic too. Like it wouldn't be any different during a pandemic. Yeah, um, I think one thing that really helped me in terms of like the whole mindset thing about being fearful because I, I always I always went to every course saying if I don't get at least a 4.0 uh, like Ryerson GPA then uh, goodbye to that quote-unquote dream or vision right but then um, the school has Which so many actually isn't the case because a lot of med schools will calculate your GPA best based on like some of your best courses they'll omit an entire semester sometimes it's so it's not that deep yeah, Either. so I wish I read that in first. <laughs> but another thing is that, like, with a mindset, I was very locked into, like, just becoming a doctor and just filling out the, just, just checking out the boxes for the typical pre-med, go volunteer at Mount Sinai, research at this lab, and uh, get some clinical experience or whatever it is, right? But then staying open and curious in science, you don't just have to do like medical stuff like you're going to hear about so many different untouched fields like science communication business and science as well like there's so many cool different things that you don't hear of if you stay locked into that mindset which is very easy to do understandable but then just like even just like dipping your toes into the into the deep end is better than avoiding it the whole time right so yeah it's almost um it's a limiting mindset if you if you kind of close yourself off to any other opportunity and but i'm probably I, no, I know I am. I'm applying to um, chemistry for grad school, like some uh, molecular chemistry stuff for grad school because as my plan B, because I want to be at least doing some like cool labs and stuff <laughs> in the meantime, if I end up not being getting into med school the first year, if I don't end up going at all. So I, I'm sure you'll be very happy to hear that. Maybe. I am smiling from ear yeah. to ear right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was almost going to put my video on. Yeah. No, it's just, a, I think it's good to have a solid plan B. That or I've um, made up in my mind that I'm going to become a personal trainer or something like that. And I'm just going to go into fitness and just work out all the time. And that's going to be my job. I'd be happy with that too. I don't know. I just have a real knack for wanting to like directly heal people or like help people with my hands. And I think being a doctor is the way I want to do that. But if it doesn't work out that way, I'm not going to turn to dust either, you know? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think we should wrap it up. It's 5.15. So last nice little thing, I wanted to end it on a good note. What were you most proud of in terms of like either of yourself or of the people around you from last semester? Ooh, ooh, let me go first. Uh, <laughs> so again, I my mindset was checked off as pre-med in every criteria. But then uh, last semester, I actually applied uh, into the Canadian Armed Forces. I don't know how that's going to work now, to be honest. I don't know if I will get a full career out of it. But it's definitely something that I've dreamt of since I was like a kid in middle school or elementary school. And now it's actually coming to happen. So I was very excited about that. And also very proud of everyone that... That went from first semester to second semester, going through all those changes that people went through and stuff. And obviously, I'm very, very happy um, that we've all been going through it and that we all can still go through it as well. Mm -hmm. You need to hype yourself up a little bit. I'm, I'm very proud of you as well because I can't imagine going through first year 
and then going through all of second year online. I mean, I did do a year and a half online, but still first year is a little bit more. I feel like it'd be more rough, at least for me. Uh, Brian, what would you say in response to the question I asked? About the, yeah, what I'm most proud of. I, by the way, Steven, I heard that too when you won the Rice MH panel. I thought that was fantastic. I've always wanted to do the military thing and I, I still might. <laughs> like, I don't know yet. I, I think it's, I, I think military qualification with me. Let's go run a 10K. Yeah, I mean, 10K <laughs> I can do, even with a backpack on. So uh, right now I can anyway. So, but no, the the that's cool. I, I think it's good that people are doing awesome self-reflecting. So I think probably, um, I think what I'm most proud of is that, you know, despite the adversity, you don't let it change who you are. So it's easy to get negative about a lot of things. It's easy to to lose sight, but you you battle through. And I think to me, like right now we're in, which like if you would have, if we would have had this interview two weeks ago, I would have had my hand in my head again because we're starting a new semester and all the things that I thought I learned last semester went completely out the window because these students I'm now teaching have never been in a university classroom before, right? So, because it's a first year course. Anyway, um, so I think, yeah, you're very, very pleased with how it's unfolded. And ultimately, this is a shitty, shitty situation for everybody. So the fact that we are coming out of it relatively unscathed, to me, is very, very impressive. It says a lot about all the players, the students, the faculty, the staff. So I think I'm most proud of the that um, the teamwork when we're you don't really realize you're part of a team. I think that's that's what I'm most proud of. True. Yeah. Just the sheer grit of getting yeah. through this thing. Yeah. Right. Everybody. Like everybody is in that true true grit. Like it just it's very impressive. Like and the people, everyone is self-reflecting. Like people are thinking about joining the military. People are doing X, people are doing Y. Some people really know what they want now. Like it's cool. I think it's really cool. Yeah. It is. Okay. So I think I'll end things here. I don't want to keep you guys for that long, but uh, do you have anything to say before we end off? Yeah. Uh, if anyone needs a hype man for, for their daily lives, I'm always here. Um, again, uh, I'll, that'll probably put my contact somewhere, but I'm always here just to talk. Not, not even about school, but like if anyone's just feeling lonely and just want to has just want to have a friendly talk, I'm always here as a friend. I'm still a student too. So it's always nice having friends and someone to talk to. So yeah, I'm always here. Yeah, Steven's way more extrovert than I am. So I won't offer that. But I do will <laughs> offer the idea that, uh, yeah, I mean, if you need to reach out for technical advice or some sort of like adult leadership, I mean, I think be sure to do that, right? Because a lot of people, that's something that we would have done on a casual basis, like, you know, quick chat after class. Oh, during office hours, we talk about careers. I don't hear a lot of that in my daily routine now. So just by all means, please reach out to people if you're not sure what you want to do next after all of this, because that's kind of, you know, life coaches, I guess, Steve. <laughs> Wait, we describe it and we're here for you in some way or another, whether it be from a personal point of view or from a professional point of view. And thanks, Val, for hosting this. Yeah, this, this turned out... Um... Better than I could have hoped, I think. So it was really nice talking to you both and hope to talk to you again soon. I'll definitely talk to Steven again soon. But yeah, hopefully I'll talk to you next September if I get the SLG position again. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, anyways, have a great weekend. Uh, and thank you for being here. Stay Likewise. warm, everybody. Yes, stay warm. <laughs> All right, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Peace.